Welcome back to the Big Book Podcast for January 22nd, 2024. We have a very full house tonight to, to talk about navigating the choppy waters of timelines as a new or low-spending player. So I will dispense with the usual joke intros. Welcome to the stream, Danjavin, Frank, Nifty, Janos, and a very special guest. Uh, look, I'll just get ahead of the media on this one. You guys might hear things about this or that. What really happened is the Trek Time and Timeline servers were feuding over custody rights to our son, WRG Ben. And in retrospect, I didn't realize how strong and developed King Louis's arms are. So he's got forms like a blacksmith, people. And arm wrestling was a bad choice on my part. Now, as one of the terms of our bet, he sort of elbowed his way onto the show. So please welcome to the stream, King Louis. Louis, are your arms still as sore as mine are? Well... I uh, I don't want to embarrass you too bad with that, so I'm gonna I'm gonna decline to answer that. We'll just kind of let you off easy on this one. So forearms like a longshoreman, uh, like Popeye. <laughs> great to be part of the. Some of us are whales. Some of us hunt them like King Louis. Now, before we get started, I recommend you check out the four-part new player guide on the Trek Time channel uh, that Dan and I worked on. You know, in a lot of cases, low spending strategy is just the same as smart general strategy for any player. You know, be conservative, take advantage of your opportunities, etc. But there's a lot that we covered there that we may not get to today. Uh, and I also wanted to note that at the end of this pod, we have a word on JB Sideburn, a Timelines player who passed recently. So please have a listen to that. Uh, all right, so let's go ahead and kick things off because we do have a big stream ahead of us. Uh, low spending or no spending strategies, uh, how to tackle events, voyages, and all that stuff. All right, let's go ahead and kick things off roundtable style. Uh, guys, I want to hear your personal experiences with, with spending. I know some of you have been known to flip a coin to your witcher. Some of you are, are pretty tight-fisted, so in no particular order. Uh, Genos, why don't you start us off? What has your experience been across, uh, I know you have several accounts at this point, how much does spending impact your gameplay? Yeah, um, so I do have my, my main account that, that started uh, back with the Atana Joel uh, Mega, which is VIP 14, kind of accumulated over over a couple of years. Um, I might spend about 25 bucks a month or so between um, you know a couple offers, campaign, um, the monthly card, and then you know at, at this point they're throwing out the leap year deal of just about every month, um, which is concerning about the economy of the game. Um, so you know that's that's not too bad. I can usually keep up with uh, you know the cards that I want. Uh, but I have played a VIP zero alt. I, I of course am the uh, infamous creator of the nightmare mode as well. So that is VIP zero uh, on whatever uh, drug of choice you want to do. Um, I haven't found it all that constricting not to be able to spend. You you kind of know that there are cards that you're not going to get. Uh, but you got to pick your spots, and you know I won't belabor the point because we're going to be talking in great detail about that. Uh, Dan, what about you? I you've said before on this pod you're a little more choosy, especially when it comes to uh, campaigns. <laughs> See a big grin on your face. Uh, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like to be I like to be frugal. It's part of the fun to me of of playing a, a free to play game is trying to take that as far as I can. Of course, that said, when I joined Timelines, I've learned enough from from other free, free to play games in the past uh, that I've dipped into that uh, if you get one of those new player offers and you have a few bucks to spare, it's usually a pretty good deal. So here and there, I sprinkled a little bit. I, I buy maybe two campaigns a year, uh, and I've done that over the three three or so years that I played. Um, apart from that, I've gotten a couple of those leap year deal offers because they're just fantastic, and that's about it. Um, I also have a VIP zero alt, and right now it is. Uh, rich beyond its wildest dreams because it did some of the new uh, tap joy uh, offer wall things and uh, it's it's making my my primary account 
uh, look like a pauper in comparison. But we'll get to that a little bit later on. Now, see, I've done that myself because I am an altaholic, as they say. Uh, and sometimes I'll end up with, you know, tens of thousands of all for wild dilithium on one. I go to play the other. I'm like, oh, now it's not as fun because I know I can't buy all these packs whenever I want. Uh, Nifty, what about you? You've been playing the game for, for quite a while at this point. How much do you spend or not spend? First off, I want to say that you have uh, forgotten about more alts than most people will ever have. Uh, <laughs> um, so, yeah, I've been playing for a while. Um, I I don't remember exactly when I started. It was not day one, but it was definitely very early. Um, and I never spent any money uh, that entire time. Um, then, after a bit, to be honest, uh, one of the reasons I quit was that the temptation to start spending money was growing. And I didn't want to give in. So I deleted it. Uh, and then, I don't know, a couple years later, I came back. Uh, and then started splashing a little bit here and there. The, the, the whole campaign thing, the premium campaign, that was new and interesting. Uh, and now I regularly do get the, uh, the Uber campaign, uh, as well as the, the monthly uh, daily deal. Uh, I don't do much beyond that. There was a period of time when I would do a few more of the, the better offers, uh, the Steam Packs RIP. Uh, and yeah, I've, I've weaned myself off of that. Certainly my roster has gotten a lot deeper. I don't really need to constantly be splashing out on things. Uh, and also, you know, I just figure I can spend that money maybe elsewhere uh, and still I fully enjoy this game. You know, like, like Jeno said, able to, to do what you want, get the crew that you want uh, when you want them, as long as you at least are somewhat uh, conservative, you know, don't go after every Tuesday pack, every crew. That's gonna drive yourself nuts anyway. Um, yeah, uh, so that's that's where I am. I'm just happy to know that no matter how many times WG tries to, to push the term supremium, we've stuck with Uber campaign. Uh, that is the rightful name. Now before <laughs> I go to the Prophet Jake versus Prophet Kira a battle over the promenade uh, between Frank, <laughs> Frank and Louis, I'll just uh, interject my own experience here. Yeah, I played, well, maybe 10 accounts over the years. Um, a couple, God, I shouldn't say this, a couple VIP 14s, a couple VIP zeros. And so I think the general, my general feel is it hel spending helps up to a point. And that point is actually uh, far before VIP 14. You know, the, the extra crew slots are nice, but you don't need to spend however many thousands of VIP points they want you to spend to get there. So, you know, as we'll talk about in a minute, the permanent unlocks, uh, you know, such as shuttles, uh, crew slots, that sort of thing. Uh, definitely the most bang for your buck. But beyond that, you know, once you start buying packs, it actually becomes more of a sickness than a help. Uh, you know, you're just pulling the, the slot machine lever at that point, uh, and your whole life becomes a Twilight Zone episode. So uh, we'll save the best for last here. And Frank, you are our, uh, <laughs> you are our next up on the board. How many VIP Zero accounts do you have uh, before we get so into your other expenditures? So I have a retirement fleet that is just mine, level 134 star base, where all my alts live, except for the ones I'm actively playing. Right now there are 17 accounts in that fleet, and the only ones that are not in that fleet are Frank Prime, uh, Frank 2, which is the one I'm trying to get to level 99, and then the account I just started this week for this mega, VIP Zero, just to see if a brand new player, without spending, could do this month-long objective event. Uh, so yeah, I've, I've been around the block with nightmare modes and VIP zeros 
And honestly, I enjoy playing VIP Zero as a mode much more than I do spending, because there's actually strategy and challenge to it. And that was before Offerwall. Offerwall just makes it, oh my god, like, supremely easy. Now, I, you know, maybe this is a little personal. We can uh, edit that out and post it so, but does has the word regret exited your lexicon at this point, or, or are there points where you're like, ah, maybe I should have stuck to this spending level, or... or what does it feel like to obtain all the crew in the game? Do you think that's a worthy goal for, for players who really enjoy the gameplay uh, and want to go a little bit deeper? Big Book uh, Podcast Plus subscribers I'm watching the video feed now will see that I am exposing my chest with my No Regrets tattoo I have. Uh, yeah, I, I don't have regrets on the game. It is not feasible or sustainable or sane to say I'm going to get every crew and then do it and then say oh no they have to be immortalized too because they just keep making new crew and it's a ever moving goal line that you will never successfully cross and stay there until the game ends and then there's really no point because you'll never see these PNGs again uh, How so have you gotten so many f***ing golds? I went 40 packs with Valley Gold today. <laughs> Whoever did that, thank you. All right. I, I think we've raked Frank over the coals enough. Now, Louie, now that we've uh, all outed ourselves as, as big-time spenders, uh, the name of the game here, though, is Low Spending Strategy, Zero Spending Strategy. What has your experience been with that? You know, and how do you struggle against the, the obvious pitfalls? The, the game wants to you know, put up roadblocks to encourage you to spend. How have you navigated around that over the years? As far as uh, playing VIP Zero goes, uh, you, it's it's a matter of, uh, like I've said in um, various Discord chats, you, you treat the, the game like the journey that, that Frank alluded to. It's, it's a journey. It's If you treat it like a destination, it's, uh, it's a recipe for burnout. It's a recipe for disappointment because the line's always moving and you're never going to get there and you're always going to be left wanting something that you don't have. So it, it's it's a matter of setting the bar with something that you could live with and you can get enjoy, enjoyment out of the game while you're at it. Uh, if you're if It's a game. If you're not enjoying what you're doing, why are you doing it? All right, so let's go ahead and move on to uh, how to spend premium currency. That is uh, the gate to a lot of issues in the game. Uh, in just about every phase of the game, you'll be able to refresh something or buy something or speed something up with dilithium. Uh, but what are the best uses for that? Uh, first of all, let's take a step back and talk about how to acquire it as a non-spender, because generally folks buy it that comes along in offers, um, or sometimes you just buy it straight up from the store.startrektimelines.com. Thank you, Ben. You're still my favorite son. Dan, let's start with you. I know you have a lot of experience with the offer wall. Uh, since they added it, what, two years ago now? It's been extremely lucrative uh, for, for everyone, but especially low-spending players sort of opened an avenue to something they hadn't had access to before. How do you navigate that? Yeah, so I mean, I play Star Trek timelines to play Star Trek timelines. I'm not really eager to get into other mobile games. It's really an exercise in futility to play multiple free-to-play games at the same time actively. So uh, going into the offer wall, I wasn't shopping for, you know, a new experience. I just, it was a means to it net. So, you know, I wanted to find the, the lowest hanging fruit, the the offers that would get me, you know, just even a small amount of dilithium that over the course of a few different ones could, could really, you know, help out and get me to a goal, whatever that goal might be if I wanted to buy some... Um, some recap packs or if I wanted to get the shuttle base finished or, or whatever. Um, so early on when I first dabbled in, in the old offer wall before they've recently revamped it, 
um, I would I would try to go for uh, really low value offers, maybe just a hundred or two hundred dilithium here and there. Um, also, I would wait until the timing is right. The thing about the offer wall is once you've done an offer for a game, all the other offers for that game will disappear. So if you're not picking the highest value offer first, then you're really going to uh, hobble yourself in, in the future if you want to revisit that same game later on. Uh, it's particularly important for, for games that have a lot of overhead to them where you really need to learn a lot about the mechanics to advance in them. Um, I'll, I'll kind of backtrack a little bit here. So there are some offer walls, especially if you dig really deep in the lowest value ones that are just install this game and you get just a couple of dilithium for that. There are some surveys. I've never had good luck getting those to work on my phone, but uh, for answering a few questions, sometimes you can get a few dilithium and that adds up to a, a small amount. You might be able to accrue maybe a thousand dilithium, uh, maybe a little bit more if you're if you're fortunate. Um, but the real big value that I'm shooting for now on my accounts uh, is focusing on just one game um, that has one of the one of the newer innovations of the offer wall is these little tiered rewards they'll give you, um, where you can incrementally earn more as you play the game, and that really allows you to explore, decide whether the game is futile or not. Because some of the games on there are just so stacked against you that without paying, there's just no way that you're going to be able to achieve the highest levels of offers. And so uh, being able to just kind of nope out if you need to once you've gotten a few levels into some of these games is, is really important. So um, most recently, uh, in, and in the past, I've chosen uh, really big flagship games that advertise heavily like Ebony, uh, Raid Shadow Legends. Uh, both of those games have tremendous amounts of capital behind them. And so they pay out premium amounts on the offer wall. All of those games have threshold or tiered rewards. So if it's not for you and you're just not getting it, where you feel like you've hit the paywall, you can back out and just take your take your gains without having to lose the entire offer. Um, and for for players where you know that sort of investment, because I mentioned at the top of my little spiel here that you know playing two free to play games at the same time is, is arduous, and it certainly can be. Some of these games are so intensive that the time gating on these payment offers, uh, some of them are as short as even just a week or two. Um, will really make it so that if you cannot devote basically a, a part-time job's worth of time towards completing these offers, you're just not going to get there before they've expired on you. And that's the ultimate loss, is putting all the time in with nothing to show for it. Um, I'll, I'll concede the floor here and see what somebody else's experience has been with us. Um, I'll just add on. Uh, I've had pretty similar experience. Um, that's there, uh, with one of the keys to the offer wall and really getting you know, bang for your buck is uh, they will have the occasional uh, times two or better yet times four um, payouts where every single offer um, is either yeah, X2 or X4 the listed amount of dilithium that you get. Uh, and so it's it's really good to keep an eye out for those things. Uh, and I, I can no longer really have access to the offer wall. I'm on iPhone and the emulator I used before, I, it doesn't sync up well. But when I did it, um, I would basically just wait for that X4. Because if you saw a good offer for, as Dan was saying, some of these flagship games, um, yeah, the the caveat he mentioned too is you you download this game once, you play it, you, you get your... It's for new accounts only in these games. And so you can't just keep like, oh, I'll get this, I'll get... You can't. You kind of have to go all in on the one. And so I'd wait for the X4 and I'd download the game. And yeah, I'd get the mid-tier reward, maybe the high-tier reward, or maybe like the high-tier reward was just, you know, oh crap, I have to spend a bunch of money to have a hope on this? Well, no, the whole point is that I don't want to spend a dime. Um, 
so yeah, it was it's really lucrative. I, at one point, I had I like a hundred thousand dilithium sitting in my account, and I hadn't spent a cent on it except for maybe whatever trickled in through the the daily card. It was almost all just free except for my time. And these were easy games, um, and you know sometimes they're a little bit fun. Uh, and even if you know you don't commit to it permanently, you know you have fun on a different game for a little bit, and then you put it down, you uninstall it, and enjoy the fruits of your labors. Now, I probably buried the lead here a little bit. I think it's it's pretty restrictive in terms of what platforms can access the offer wall. It's Android and maybe one or two others. I know uh, Windows 10 can't, Steam can't, iOS can't. Um, so you may have to get either like an emulator or if you you have a, a extra phones lying around, perhaps you scammed a, a mobile phone store near you and you just have boxes and boxes and you want to set up a free dilithium farm, you know, maybe that's an option. Uh, Louis, I want to throw it to you because... Like the fellows mentioned, you know, you can get these big piles of dilithium, but easy come, easy go. Have you heard stories or maybe experienced yourself? Low-spending players, they get this big windfall. They don't know what to do, but they feel like they should spend, and so they end up pulling packs and regretting it or, or, or spending it in other ways. Uh, you know, are you more of a hoarder, or how do you handle a big influx if you do complete some of those offer-wall objectives? Uh, I think for, for VIP zeros, um uh, it, it still turns into uh, when you get into the habit, the, the muscle memory, the inertia, if you will, of, of no spending, you treat everything as valuable. Uh, when uh, the first lithium in the game was was basically money or nothing, uh, and you get the, the trickle from the immortalization uh, and all that, so you, you kind of treat it as, as super precious. You know, and uh, for the most part, I, I think that VIP Zero tends to hold to that and tries to keep it uh, precious, tries to use it smart. Um, that said, uh, there are some that have uh, done the offer wall and um, and get to where they have maxed out on uh, maxed out on available crew slots just by the offer wall. So now they're they are buying packs, but when they are buying packs, they're making sure and being smart about it. Um, if there's a chance of an all fuse behold, no, nope, it's a bad deal, and uh, and pass on that. So just there there is a there is a balance there that uh, makes sense. My my personal experience with it is uh, was very much like like Dangevin's. Uh, I, I don't care to spend all my time playing a game that I don't really want to play, so then I get resources and don't have time to play this one. So uh, I did use uh, the offer ball as a bit of a means to an end. I created an alt uh, to to spin up to help support our uh, one of our VIP Zero fleets uh, in reaching dailies for a while. And uh, I, I did use that to, to grease the wheels on getting my third or four shuttles and, uh, and getting up get that one up to up to snuff where I could do that uh, but other than that I've uh, I personally have not found it uh, worth the investment although the those 4x offers every once in a while still do I still do, do go look through the list and see is there anything that catches my attention and you never know yeah, burnout is definitely a consideration because your time and your attention are resources that you have to juggle, just like dilithium and, and like other things in the game. So even though, you know, some of these big payouts may look great, if they require a month of your time, maybe it's better to stick to some of these smaller ones to hold your attention. And uh, and so now that we have this mega millions windfall of dilithium, uh, we have a list of do's and don'ts for you. 
Frank, God love you. We're going to save you for the don'ts. Uh, Genos, let's go to you for the, the for the do. What what do you want to spend your dilithium on uh, early on in the game? Yeah, um, easy easy first uh, is third and fourth shuttles. Yeah, it's going to bring you so many more resources for for that dilithium outlay. Uh, crew slots is probably next, um, and after that, you kind of have to make a decision on. Do you want to be a little bit more competitive in the uh, continuum missions? Do you want to get your fourth or fifth, um, what is that, chroniton containers? Is that what it's called, right? Chron containers. Uh, or do you want to maybe look at something like uh, Mirror Tuvok, who is still a fantastic crew, um, you know, and only available through Dilithium um, and is exclusive to the faction center and he's still, still pretty damn good. So, you know. That, that's where you need to make a decision on you know what's important to your voyages continuum at, at more more and more and more crew slots but yeah e- easy thing is crew slots and those those third and fourth uh, shuttles crew slots when they're on sale of course yeah they have i think they're up to quarterly sales now and so you'll see half price slots there we get this question all the time do shuttles ever get uh discounted no they don't so i believe it's 750 and then 2500 for shuttles number three and four those are generally pretty safe purchases the chroniton canisters uh you know we're still fairly early on in that game system but i kind of doubt that they're going to discount those so those are relatively safe unlocks if you find uh yourself unable to finish those those elite and epic level missions without them. Um, Louis, I'll throw it back to you as the expert in this field. Uh, besides those those first permanent unlocks, is there one that really jumps out to you as this is pretty great value universally? Geno's pretty, pretty well covered the initial ones, the third and fourth shuttle bays, then the crew slots. Um, in addition to the continuum unlocks and uh, Mirror Tubok and other things, uh, like I said earlier, uh, in some cases for more advanced accounts uh looking at a recap pack or something like that for dill if it if it doesn't put you in a spot of an all frozen behold is depending on your goals depending on what you are looking for that may be a a viable option all right he is honored among our people the canary in the coal mine frank what are your top dill don'ts spends that uh, you said you know you have the no regrets tattoo but are there any areas where maybe starbase uh donation refreshes that are way at the bottom of the list stuff that is universally no-no well and this i speak from vip 14 to vip zero i speak for all my people uh never ever ever just go throw your dilithium on the dabo wheel because as we all know cork has it rigged you're not gonna win until you spend all your dilithium and then you feel very empty afterwards uh, silly things, there, there is occasional merit to doing a continuum refresh of the rewards. That does pay for itself kind of up to a point, but then there is also a point of diminishing returns because you're also spending chronotons and it gets more expensive. Uh, never really don't want to speed up retrievals because there's such a flow of quantum now. Uh, with continuum missions and everything else that it'll it'll come to you naturally uh, as opposed to the beginning of of quantum where people were wanting to spend the 70 dill a day I think it is uh, to refresh don't buy credits for dilithium uh, don't buy chronotons uh, 
I'd even say if you are flat out of Voyage Revival tokens and you're chasing a longer voyage or you're chasing a three-part dilemma, I know it's hard, but unless you just really, for whatever reason, have to have one of those three-part purples, uh, McCoy or Picard or someone, don't use Dilithium on Voyage tokens because you get Voyage tokens weekly uh, in events with just a little bit of participation. Um, Back in the day, you could speed up scans with dilithium. Luckily, you can't do that anymore. Uh, but really, if if you're playing around in the game, tapping things, and you tap something and it pops up and yells at you and says, are you really sure you want to spin this? The answer is no, don't. Stop. Put it down. All right, so I, I heard a couple words in there. A quantum, credits. Uh, the retrieval system is a huge boon for new players. It has sped up the early game to uh, levels that 2016 players could have only dreamed of. Uh, Nifty, I want to ask you, are you one of those guys who has the big, long retrieval list? Uh, you know, generally you want to keep the, the quantum recharge flowing, and to do that you need 5 million credits every about a two and a half to three weeks. How do you keep your credit count high enough to keep those early game retrievals coming? When crew retrieval first launched, uh, I really loved using it for just getting those crew that I had missed. You know, even though I've thrown out uh, the lithium on packs, whether it's uh, Tuesday packs or um, event packs for events, I just didn't feel like uh, ranking in. Uh, there were plenty of crew that had eluded me. Uh, so when that feature launched, those in portal crew, you know, I don't care if they were good or not. If I wanted them because they're a cool character, great art, what have you. That's just a perfect uh, opportunity to retrieve them uh, and just get those people you missed for whatever reason. Uh, but now, especially as my roster has become deeper, the, the amount of crew I miss out on is a little less and less. Uh, it's a good way to maybe uh, fill in some holes in your roster. Uh, you know, if there's certain skill sets you're maybe weaker on in voyages or if there's collections, that's the big one. If there's collections where you feel like, oh, I'm never gonna finish this collection. Well, you might. Uh, and you, the one way to do that is to just target specific crew. Um, now, as even collections are something that I don't really have a lot left to do, uh, I kind of have a two-pronged approach of uh, future collections, uh, which we can't guarantee anything, except when we have little rumors that we can. Um, but uh, on the bigbook.app, uh, you can find the collection potential of a lot of crew. And that's based on things such as, um, you know, popularity of a trait amongst uh, the game uh, and a few other factors where we kind of figure, okay, what are some likely candidates for future collections? Uh, and that may be just a, a worthwhile investment. Another thing is kind of, I like to build up towards collections uh, while still saving myself from uh, an all frozen behold. So I'll, I'll start citing crew up to four out of five, but I'll leave that last slot for uh, a behold where inevitably, you know, I'm just gonna get somebody, uh, or I'm gonna get an option where I have all three already finished and it kind of sucks. So it's nice to leave yourself a few little treats here and there. Now, <clears throat> Nifty, uh, if you could, for a, for a brief moment, put yourself in, in the, the mindset of a new player who perhaps uh, doesn't want to leave everyone unfinished, maybe wants to get a few immortals under his belt. Uh, for the new player, how, how much does that strategy differ? Are, are you are you finishing crew, or do you still think right from the beginning that, that you should just maybe fill in the giveaway crew and then and leave others uh, unfinished? 
No, I definitely think there's merit to, to finishing out crew, um, either to get them to their full potential um, or to, to freeze. I'm not even, I'm, I'm never gonna be a huge fan of finishing a crew in order to just freeze it for that slot um, to each their own, uh, but I'm probably never gonna advocate for that. But certainly finishing a crew that is gonna be just stronger uh, as a result, it's absolutely worthwhile. Uh, if you're a, a younger account, um, those there's a lot of Voyagers, uh, top Voyagers that are old, um, meaning they are available in the portal. Um, some of them maybe not 100% retrievable. That's a separate topic. Uh, but you can get from zero to five out of five some really top Voyagers, and boom, you're competitive now in Voyages. You're going to extend the lifetime of your Voyages very quickly. Uh, you can get some of the really big base crew. If you're just feeling like, oh, I, I can never compete in events, all my shuttles fail, you can get crew that uh, do many great things, one of which is, you know, straddle successes. And then there, you're, you're, you're feeling competitive, even though you're a younger, newer account, where uh, it, it all seems a bit overwhelming at first. Uh, and another thing I will add is gauntlet crew. If, uh, if you're feeling like they're just wall after wall of uh, gauntlet exclusive clue, you're correct, there are. Um, but there are a number of good to great gauntlet crew that aren't exclusive, and you can retrieve those, and all you need is that one star. And once you get that one star and level them up, then you can be more competitive, increase your odds of earning the other ones, and you know, the circle of uh, Timeline's life continues. All right, I wanna go around the table, a lightning round as we stick to the topic of retrievals. Uh, everyone give me your top one or two air game systems where, where you're targeting early on. Maybe it's Gauntlet, maybe it's Voyages, maybe it's a new Continuum missions. Dan, kick us off. What do you target with early game retrievals? Both. So, Gary 7. I still advocate and I have for years. Gary 7 is the first retrieval. He gets you into Gauntlet, gets you on Voyages, and he has one of the highest combined proficiencies and bases to get you competitive and Continuum missions. Louis, what about you? Um... My first few retrieves are going to be Engmed Voyagers, and then maybe throw in a, a, a Dexa or somebody that's going to give you a little bit of gauntlet value uh, to boot while you're doing that, because you're going to get the other skills come along for the ride eventually. But Engmed is where you need to start out as a new player to, to get something, uh, something moving there. And engineering is still, it's a whole lot better than it was a couple of years ago, but it's still a weak point for us starting out. Okay, Frank, you must be a master at this exercise after 25 alts. Who do you tar where do you target first with your retrievals? I agree with the esteemed gentleman before me. The, the This is all about building a foundation. We're building a house. Sometimes it's rickety. Sometimes it collapses. But we're trying to build us a solid, nice brick house, and we need a good foundation. And that means you need somebody that goes on voyages, constantly comes back, brings you goodies that you can use to enhance everybody, send them back out eventually dabbling your toe into gauntlet where you can get some stuff eventually more crew it'll be a while before you get to continue emissions gary seven should be your first retrieval on any account unless you're playing a nightmare mode account in which case you skip him and you go to genos who would be the nightmare mode first retrieval bartender pork spicy okay and you know just for the sake of argument folks who aren't playing nightmare mode genos where would you go first uh I'm going to go on the auto train here and say, you know, because auto is a skirmish aficionado, and I'm going to say Fury Cast is my first retrieval for Gauntlet okay. and for 400% boom in skirmishes and arena, and she can still do a little bit of voyaging if she's one of your first golds. 
All right, Jenna, stay unmuted because I'm coming back to you in a second. Yeah, Fury Cuss for the longest time was mine. Gauntlet, like you said, with Walls of Crew, you need somebody to break into. You know, your purples aren't going to cut it in terms of creating streaks at high levels. Uh, Fury Cuss, it's two areas in one. And, you know, for a very new player in terms of, like, clearing the galaxy map even, you need crew who either do a lot of damage or have a high attack boost. And it's hard to get that attack <coughs> boost without fused crew. So... Kess is a great one there. I think with the advent of continue missions, Gary is kind of on her level. So two great choices there by name. But I think Arena, because you only need a few crew there, and Gauntlet are kind of going to be my first two targets. Uh, moving on to another resource in Honor. Uh, Genos, you are our mystic seer. Talk to us a little, about, a little bit about Honor. Should, should players be saving it? Should they be spending it right away uh, in the Honor Hall? I know some players like to go for trainers there. That can be a bottleneck early on. Maybe Beholds. How do you spend that Honor? Or do you just hang on to it? Yeah, if we're talking new players here, uh, every at this point, every single drip of Honor, which is available in many, many uh, sources at this point, should be hoarded for... Uh, honor sales, which are pretty clockwork at this point, about every every three months, and you know I keep a, a detailed spreadsheet. Thank you, Idle, um, uh, on when those are, and I'm typically pretty pretty well on. Um, they've they've gotten pretty good at uh, getting those in at a regular interval. Um, honor definitely shouldn't be spent on beholds uh, in the honor hall. Shouldn't be spent on uh, citations outside of the sale shouldn't be sell, uh, you know, spent on super rare citations or super rare uh, beholds. And I'm not even sure that there's honor hall crew that you should be buying until maybe you're six months, nine months into the game and you've got two or three or even four honor sales uh, under your belt. Okay, so moving on to, uh, I guess we'll run down uh, another list here uh, of the in-game systems, but let's focus on, now that you have that, that sort of base of what to be looking for, how can we start now to be competitive against players, some players who may be spending money, some players who may be spending a lot of money, but you can be competitive on a, on a low or non-spending budget in this game. Uh, back to the expert, King Louie. Why don't you kick us off with some, some general tips uh, for new players? Uh, so generally speaking, keep in mind it's a game. Like I said uh, earlier, it, it is a, about keeping it fun, keeping it um, where you enjoy it. And uh, it is a journey, so find people that you can enjoy the journey with. Find you a good fleet uh, that enjoys helping and giving advice and bringing people along. Uh, so you can be strategic and learn from those who have done it before. Uh, that's why um, I am still around because of the VIP Zero fleets. Uh, we they they mentor their own. You know, we we teach, we train, uh, we switch out uh, squads each uh, before most of our faction events, so that we can uh, let the ones pushing for rank get that crew share, uh, extra VP. And then our newer players get a good share. Just that that journey, that mentorship goes a long way as well. It keeps everybody's morale high too. All right, Frank. Uh, so now that we know your fleet under yourself, do you do a little bit of that with the the strategizing crew shares for maybe less strong accounts? Uh, or, or if you don't happen to have your own fleet, you know what, what's the best way to to look for help either in faction events, or uh, are there other event types that that you can reach out and get help for? 
Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, earlier I alluded to, I started a brand new account just for, you know, this mega and this OE to see what would happen. So a brand new fresh account that's got nothing. Uh, I strategized because I knew, hey, we've got a skirmish. I'm going to need a ship. I'm not going to be able to get a ship otherwise. So I got the account up to a level 20, joined a fleet that is doing fleet boss battles in hard mode and nightmare, ultra nightmare, was able to build up enough uh the components just from hanging out and doing you know five bits of damage or whatever in hard mode to get to level two to get the constellation unlocked now i've got a ship hey now i can do skirmishes on fail horribly but i can at least try and i've already cleared thresholds of the skirmish on a level 31 account that's five days old uh it's about taking advantage of things, trying to be a step or two ahead, saying, hey, there's a faction event coming up. I do not have strong enough crew to go out on a 30-minute you know, faction mission, let alone a three-hour mission. So I need to pair with somebody who's going to be a squad leader who's going to share a really great crew that I can at least get one shuttle out there gaining VP instead of failing and falling backwards constantly. Galaxy events, you know, I can't get help from anyone, just myself. I just have to know how many crons I'm comfortable spending in that because there's no return, unlike a skirmish. Uh, and I have to know where that line of demarcation is where I'm no longer gonna get forward what I'm putting in and I should stop because you're only hurting your account if you're throwing your crons away at that point. Ah, uh, see now this is where I throw it to Dan, who like the Grinch, his head grew three sizes that day. He's got such a big brain. Dan, plug your chronometrics, talk to us a little bit about Galaxy strategy because yeah, you're not getting a squad share for that account. And if you are a VIP zero player, you don't even get a warp 10. So trying to compete on the same day in skirmishes and galaxies can feel like a, a big challenge when everyone's moving 10 times faster. But there's something called pre-farming. So talk to us about that. Mm -hmm. Well, it's, uh, from from one pre-farmer to another, Otto wrote the original guide on this uh, on Reddit back four years ago. And uh, so I've taken that kind of seed and, and run with it and uh, it's not an uncommon technique among Timelines players to, to pre-farm and, and what that means there's two different reasons to pre-farm first for, for Galaxy events so you can place higher with, with less effort and less cron on the spot expenditure um, saves you money not having to, to buy the cron packs to refresh yourself because you've, you've run short and, and fallen just short of your reward threshold um, but also so you can you can easily equip your um, uh, your, your new crew. So uh, some of those really thirsty pieces of uh, equipment and clothing and, and communicator, communicators and phasers and devices you got to put on them. Um, if you're asked to be in spend to, to spend crons on the spot to to farm up pieces to put on them, um, you may eventually run out of supply kits that way. And so being able to not only uh, pre-farm uh, to piggyback on a supply kit you're already using, but also maybe during uh, an event where you're going to be able to get some, let's say, some uh, skirmish intel, and uh, you know, be able to to run deeper in that skirmish event, get more rewards uh, while getting the components that you may not need today, but that you will need a week from now, a month from now. Uh, in the case of skirmishes, sometimes maybe six weeks before the next one comes around. Um, really a key uh, idea. Um, the other thing about pre-farming too is that any single component that you have you can stack up um, that stacks into the tens of thousands so there's really no reason not to for really key components that you're going to be using all the time uh, for, for not only Galaxy uh, but also for, for equipping. 
um, to really keep as big a stack as you can. So to that end, my, my spreadsheet, the chronometric sheet, will do a lot of that math for, me, for you. It'll take a look at your crew, see which ones you haven't leveled yet, tell you what you need uh, as an aggregate for all of your crew in terms of how many casings, how many poly alloys, how many hyperspanners, uh, so that when you're running those missions, now you've got a number that you can shoot for and it'll help you balance out. So if you're going to be running a bunch of different missions to get all these different components, uh, it'll give you an idea of how many times to run that mission. And uh, you're, you know, you're going to be doing that uh, for your skirmish anyway, so why not maximize, pay it forward to yourself, and uh, eventually for a VIP Zero player, it is possible to win Galaxy, not, not just to rank high, but to win. Um, it may take a while. Uh, it may take a year of collecting to get that stack large enough and to get your cron stash large enough. Uh, but you'll get there in the end with, with good discipline play and good technique. All right, Nifty, I want to throw it to you for skirmishes because you are Mr. Worldwide. Every weekend I see you sharing pictures of, of, of you and your girl either in Crete or Okinawa or wherever, uh, but you still find somehow the time to do well in these events. So for something like a skirmish, there's not exactly pre-farming like there is in Galaxy, but you can kind of set things up ahead of time. What is your strategy going into a skirmish to help save time? Uh, since you you theoretically don't have this warp 10, how are you saving time before going into the event? Well, yeah, so setting up things in advance, uh, that can be really helpful. Uh, anytime you are strapped for time, uh, if this is just habitual, uh, maybe you lead a busy life, you... You, your work schedule is crazy uh, during event times, yeah, you're traveling. Um, let's say you wanted to prepare ahead of time. Uh, you can have crew in your crew quarters uh, with certain items ready to build. Uh, and then by having that, you can dig down into what the components are to maybe a very key item you know you're going to need a lot of. You're, you're perhaps not ready to grind away a lot of it right now, uh, but you know you're going to need it. So for instance, right now I've got Captain Tuvok, courtesy of this current uh, objective event. And he needs a diplomatic protocol, uh, level two. One of the key components, if you dig down in that, is those databases. You're going to need so many databases in this game. Uh, it's probably one of the most used components you'll ever find. So by having that there, I don't need to remember where in the continuum mission I find those, or remember which one is you know, the, the most bang for my buck even though it's not accurate yet, they show you, you know, a drop chance uh, and then dilithium uh, and chroniton cost. Uh, you have it right there. You have a shortcut built into the game uh, right there. So you can uh, favorite your crew with the heart uh, and you can have a number of different crews set up so that you have certain key items ready to go in your lineup at the top of your lineup. And then whenever you do have the time, you can go in there and, uh, and grab the items. Uh, another key is when you are ready to maybe make a big push, uh, you want to use your, um... oh crap, they're not called energy packs. We've joked about them being called energy packs for so long, what are they? Um, supply, kits. supply kits. Supply kits, thank you, damn it, damn it. The joke has become real life, okay. Another key here is uh, when it is time to, to kind of go big and heavy and, and use your resources, you want to make sure you're using your supply kits. That way, uh, a couple uh, clicks and you're getting the, the nifty that's so cute bang. how you restart your sentence as if I'm not just going to leave that whole thing in there uh, you know, I can't edit everything you out can. I've got, I've got can, limited but I have to pretend <laughs> I have to pretend like I'm making your job easier and okay. if you want to be real lazy okay. you can leave it all alright so so energy packs I mean supply kits uh, they're great yeah so the supply, supply kits are great um, because they allow you to uh, just be more efficient with your resources 
Now, we may put the cart before the horse a little bit. Uh, Louie, I want to go back to you because even before we start competing in events, there are a lot of uh, avenues to hoard, obtain chronotons, which kind of are the engine, the driver for two of the three event types uh, in-game, Galaxy and Skirmish. Maybe by the time you're listening to this, they'll add a fourth. <laughs> Zero chance of that. So how do we stockpile these huge swaths of chronotons, chronotons that are kind of needed to rank now with scores going up over the years? It's a two-part uh, equation. One is that there are resources out there that, that we may think are insignificant and inconsequential that we don't take advantage of that we could. Uh, does everybody go in every uh, a few times a day into your daily section and catch the, the 10 crons when they pop up for free? Do you hit the doubler? Uh, just the little, there's little things here and there that, that add up. Uh, so we can take advantage of those drips wherever they come. Uh, secondary to that, always keep voyages going. Uh, that's going to be one of the big, the big inflows. Uh, the other side of that is uh, be careful in in how you spend what you spend. Uh, going back to the supply kit discussion, uh, I know there's a lot of players that that refuse to level crew until it's during a skirmish. Then they use the skirmish farming to level those crew, and they'll level 10, 15, 20 crew to farm for the skirmish. And, uh, and then you can double dip that way. Yeah, so as far as, um, you know, places you can get credits, because uh, it, it is very important to make sure that you always have that 5 million credits every time your quantum fills up, you get to 900 or 1,000 quantum. Um, add doubling your Saturday cadets. Today is, is Saturday when we're recording this. I made sure that I got hit all of those, and also in every four hours you can just go ahead and, and run an ad just to get a free uh, cadet outside of the six, so that's huge. And even if you're not planning on being... Um, competitive in a particular gauntlet, go ahead and start a gauntlet and you can farm merits from there, you can farm credits, you can farm um, components, you can you can get chronotons, it, it's a really great place to go ahead and grab those additional uh, credits so that you never run out uh, when it's time to get um, your crew people or if you are going to be um, leveling crew during a skirmish, like we've mentioned, you, it, it really stinks to have enough crons to level your crew, but run out of credits. I remember when I was a, a younger player, and before crew retrieval was a thing, so you weren't really worried about hoarding credits for that, I would run out of credits every single skirmish before I ran out of crons. All right, so one of the other huge sources of, uh, of item income to help you compete in these events is Voyages, has been Voyages <laughs> since 2017 when they launched it. Uh, you're getting huge, uh, huge amounts of chronotons. That's where most of your chronotons come from. And then, you know, they've added exclusive crew, which uh, in a lot of cases are even better than the event crew you're competing for. So, uh, Dan, I know you've, you've done a lot of look into voyages. How generally, uh, when, you're, when you're approaching voyages, uh, what kind of crew are you looking for to focus on, either through retrievals or competing in events? Uh, who will be long-lasting voyages. You know, as a VIP Zero player, you can't cite everyone who comes your way. You have to be choosy. Which crew get those precious sites for voyages? 
Yeah, only the best. You you got to be careful when when taking crew that are specifically for voyages. And generally, they're going to be usable in other aspects of the game. Uh, they may come up for, in the future for for some events, but they may or may not be the events that you want to compete in. So when you're you're shooting for a good voyage crew, you want to make sure you're going for uh, for breadth and power. And by breadth, I mean you want to have a good array of all different uh, uh, skills, primary skills and secondary skills that they feature. Uh, King Louie touched on very early on in this podcast that, uh, you know, going for the, the Eng and the Med and then uh, to, a, to a smaller extent, uh, Psy, you may have a, a, a much better experience because they're so rare. It's, uh, they're statistically the, the, the least printed crew are engine Med in particular. So if you can get a very strong one, that ranks highly, um, and by rank highly, I mean at bigbook.app, then you will you will certainly be doing well for yourself. Uh, there's there's a Checks little bit of future proofing. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> there's a little bit of future proofing that you can do if you pick the cream of the crop, the the very top end uh, in any particular skill set, either a skill pair, skill triplet, um, or just in general overall power. Uh, because as they print more crew, those crew are going to descend. Uh, you know, there's power creep in every game, and this game is no exception. Uh, so as new, new crew are printed to keep them uh, interesting, they, they may push the power from time to time, which will devalue your older crew that you're already using. So making sure you stay and adhere to the top end of the power spectrum is, is really going to help you out. And then uh, shooting for an array, getting uh, it, it takes 12 crew to staff your voyage. So making sure that you get a couple of crew in each of those different skills is really going to get you started off on your very first basic voyages. Um, you'll for sure hit two hours before you get a fully staffed, fully sighted uh, uh, array of 12 voyagers. Um, but the better you do, the more that you add, um, the, the higher, the longer you go. And eventually you're going to be earning those Voyage exclusive golds once you hit the six hour mark. Um, and that's when your, your game's really going to take off. Those are where your citation, citations will be going because those crew are, are very rare, especially for a new player. Uh, and they're among the most powerful ones in the game for sure. All right, Frank, I'm going to go ahead and throw it to you for uh, for a little bit of gauntlet strategy because I know even uh, the wailiest of players at some point if luck isn't on their side, they may not see all of the randomly dropped gauntlet crew that they're hoping for. So every time WRG deigns to add a new gauntlet crew, sometimes uh, suddenly the strategy kicks back in and, and you're running gauntlet to try to get the, the crew that you missed out on. Now for a new player, any gauntlet exclusive is going to be great. So how do you get how do you get your foot in the door on gauntlet? Uh, you know, we talked a little bit about retrieval. Is that sort of the main driver these days? Uh, are there event crew to grab? Is there maybe an honor hall crew or two to grab? Well, there's there's infinite answers to infinite questions. I'll I'll say this because it's been <laughs> said really well earlier. Uh, this game is a really long journey. This is a marathon, not a sprint. So take things one. How do you how do you eat an elephant? You eat it one bite at a time, hopefully cooked. So. Here's how we look at the game when we look at the gauntlet, because that's very daunting. There's an achievement for the gauntlet to do 20,000 rounds. That's a lot. I can't count that high. Also, there's crew that you can get randomly. Sometimes if you win more, you get better chances. Sometimes if you show up to gauntlet and do nothing and get last dead place, 180, you get one box and it's a crew. You never know. But... You've just got to keep entering. Even if you've got a five-day-old account with the worst crew, enter it anyway. Realize that in the current meta with continuum missions, the top-end players are taking already killer gauntlet crew and making them further killer. Don't be discouraged by this. 
just let yourself know, hey, I'm not going to win every battle or I probably won't win any battles for a while. And that's fine as long as you keep doing it. Consistency is key even when you fail because eventually those consistent fails will turn into consistent wins. And on that, we piggyback and we continue to build the foundation that we've talked about. Uh, look for any crew that you have on bigbook.app that has really good proficiencies on the high end, especially in some of the skills that are important that people might not bring to a gauntlet like injure med. Maybe think about leveling that crew up a little bit and taking them to gauntlet. You'll be surprised what you can swing out because not everybody has every skill pair in every loadout that they take. Yeah, one of the keys to gauntlet is is uh, skill pair coverage. Now, unfortunately, in Endgame, just because of the way WRG has chosen to make cards, that usually means you just go with exclusives. They have the most power. That means they can reallocate uh, that power to cover you know, all three of their skills. But for a newer player, uh, often that means you want to shy away from two-skillers. Now, there may be a, a two-skill gold uh, like Rogue Kai Win or Kai Opaka, who, who have a great primary proficiency, but if that skill doesn't come up, then you're out of luck with that crew. So... Uh, you know, that can be hard to obtain before you get exclusives, but if you have someone, again, ties into voyages with a rare skill set, someone who can cover a med command, say, even if they're not the best, that is a harder skill to cover uh, that's not necessarily covered by exclusive crew. So uh, skill pair coverage, uh, power, and the way that power is, is, is distributed, just like voyages, matters a lot in Gauntlet. Um, I will say that uh, one thing to keep in mind uh, in Gauntlet, especially as a younger player, is it can be tempting to constantly refresh uh, your Gauntlet matchups with merits. And I would still advise people to to use the refreshes. But keep in mind that uh, at certain stages in the game, those merits are also going to be needed to buy things like uh, transmissions. Uh, you're going to get to a point in your game when you have more merits than you know what to do with. Uh, but there is going to be a time where they are quite dear to you uh, and just refreshing, 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 maybe just take the loss and, and kind of move on because you don't want to waste those uh, merits when you're a younger account. Yeah, and maybe just one one small thing about Gauntlet is just consider not entering Gauntlet right after the last one ends because all the tryhards are going to be in there. If you're already um, pretty low in how strong your crew is, wait a few hours then join. Playing off of what was said before, uh, if if all you do is go in and get five losses, just kill everybody off every time because uh, those losses aren't a waste because they are getting you towards that 20,000 achievement, that locutus. Uh, so it, it you got to find some way of, of ascribing some value to it. So you got a chance of winning uh, a battle or a few that you don't expect to win, and then you, you also are building toward that achievement. Okay, so, so now that we have our resources, we have a little bit of competition, uh, maybe we've just gotten our first rank 1500 or whatever they're putting the gold crew at now, uh, <laughs> and we're starting to get these, these one, one five crew, we call them one copy of a, a legendary crew hanging around. Now we start to look uh, into the, into the mid-game, maybe peer into the late game, and what kind of crew we want. Now, one thing we haven't touched on a lot uh, before we get to player agency are giveaways and mega recurring crew. Uh, almost all the time you get them for, uh, you get four copies for free or for minim minimal effort. Uh, and I think we're averaging probably over one per month at this point, uh, which will really help flesh out. That, that'll be the bulk of your voyage power early on. Uh, Louis, 
talk to me a little bit about these mega recurring crew. Uh, you get them at four or five, and, and all the time players come into Discord, or into their fleet chat, and they ask, "Okay, should I put the last star on the screw?" How do you to- how do you handle that topic in a general sense? I would uh, I would generally say that for a brand new account, uh, considering that there you're not going to have that many goals on your roster, uh, that four or five is going to be your best crew or one of your best crew even if it's a, a less than desirable or overloaded skill set so i would i would make the case that if they have the sights to throw at it uh go ahead and cite it cite them and uh cite them at the first when you first get them and you've got them at two of five to start out and you've got the additional value throughout the mega uh, and then you finish them off and you've got an immortalized crew now you can take advantage of continuing missions uh when you get to that point uh there does uh, it, you do get to a certain point where you know your roster is strong enough, and if there's a really, uh, really a, a dud uh, mega crew, then you start evaluating whether you want to cite them or not. But uh, I think newer players, more often than not, you're going to get gain more value out of citing. <laughs> yes, Janice, you're frantically waving about. I was waving to the uh, background performer. Oh, okay. I, what did a cat fly by and I wasn't aware? I've got cats circling me, by the way. So this is quite the editing task. No, a, a bunny mom. Ah, okay. her, her name is close to cat. <laughs> yes. Uh, we'll be starting uh, a pet watch, 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 watch next week. So keep an eye on the space. Uh, I'll come at you a little bit here, Louie, because I'm, I'm actually I'm coming around a little bit to that way of thinking with uh, with continuum missions because you do need fully fused crew to even participate. There's no way getting around that, but there is a blight on this game that has just been it it, it casts a long shadow. Uh, it's been looming for a long time, and that is called command dip suck. Now, what they like to do is shovel this skill set into every conceivable area of the game: giveaways, uh, event crew, mega recurring crew, gauntlet crew. Uh, they're just all over the place and if you're always citing the crew that you get four copies of you're on a very uh a very low inclined treadmill at that point you're not you may not be making a lot of progress Uh, fascination walks on a troy is a recent uh mega card and you you will hear this a lot adding the last star gives the most stats that's true you get about nine percent more on average going from star four to five uh that may not sound like a lot maybe that does sound like a lot the issue is, where do you want that 9%? You know, if you keep adding it to command dip whatever crew, you'll have a very strong roster for that particular combo and not much else because they don't frequently give you the EngMed crew that we talked about earlier as being premium candidates for sites. Uh, for another specific example, in January of last year, COP Janeway was a mega recurring crew. Uh, and then, what, 11 months later, we get Admiral Robert April. Uh, same command dip. Uh, primary, secondary. April was 0.02% stronger. Now, if you keep adding sites to crew who are less than 1% stronger, you'll you'll get stuck on the treadmill. So, uh, you know, I think there you actually have to be a little bit smart. You know, the game isn't completely on rails, uh, and player agency does go a long way into how you want to construct a roster. So, while adding stars to those first few mega or giveaway crew is is great strategy, especially to help you break into continuum missions. Once you start stockpiling a few crew, you can be choosy very quickly, even on low spending, as to where you want to put your sights. 
uh, yeah, I've called them before sort of the mini muffins, uh, the site that you just threw the last one on and, and you feel guilt free because it's only one site. Sometimes it's better to put four sites on an extraordinary one five crew than to keep adding two megas. Uh, fellas, Frank, Nifty, Dan, Janos, weigh in here. Uh, you know, it's not an either or, but where do you generally fall on that spectrum? We've, we've talked a little bit about this on prior podcasts, and uh, your yours and my uh, mindset did differ slightly, Otto, but I, I think I've I've come around to your way of thinking. It's it, Again, it, it speaks to the breadth of your roster that's needed to not only compete in events, but also finish the galaxy map and, and finish uh, just a lot of early game content that's really essential. And if you don't have all of those skills represented, you're just going to be spinning your wheels. Um, so I think I am on board with with the first uh, for a particular skill uh, to through just throw the site on uh, just to get through the continuum missions, get that drip of quantum and dilithium coming into your account. Um, but then the second one, you're really going to need to have an excellent argument for why you're putting that last star on there, because what's going to happen is it's going to feel great. You talk about the mini muffin analogy. Um, it's going to feel great because now all of a sudden you've put that star on a marginally more powerful card and now it starts to get the voyages. But guess who's not? You may have bumped out the other guy that you threw the star on and now he's just sitting around like a chump on your roster. Um, and, and it just happens so often when, when you just try to chase that, that next little bit of stat increase uh, and then all of the resources that you spent seem kind of silly in retrospect. Um, so may, maybe the first one in each skill is my argument. Yeah, I have to concur uh, with Dan there. Um, I probably would have not been in in that particular uh, mindset before continuum missions, but absolutely, you need a five out of five in each skill to get through uh, epic missions. Before that, you're not you know not getting even through elite. Uh, but yeah, absolutely. Once once you've got someone that can take you through epic in continuum missions, then pick and choose. Um, you know, there's there's no reason to cite up Pascal Fullerton if you already have somebody who's a, a you know a, a decent science uh, primary crew for your continuum mission. Let him languish four out of five forever, worst mega crew ever. How dare you! You are not invited back to Raza, young man. Damn. I'll say this, um, and this is this could be a controversial take, so just prepare to be canceled. <clears throat> As I said earlier, you can't catch all the cards, even if you, you tried. And certainly for low spenders or no spenders, you're not going to. Sorry, spoiler alert. It's okay. Um, but there's no need to have, on one hand, what I call site paralysis, where you hold on to 25 sites and you don't use them on any of the crew you have. Wow, you so perceive... many hands just went up when you mentioned <laughs> when you mentioned <laughs> citation already. bro. like, yep, that's me. Uh, where you don't want to cite crew that you have because you say, well, somebody better is going to be coming along because the content train continues to roll and new cards continue to get printed. Conversely, don't hold on to bad cards only to say, well, I can't retrieve them. They're not 100% retrievable or I don't want to waste a retrieval on those. You know what? I'm just going to keep them for behold insurance or I need a crew slot. I'm going to spend a side on this person so I can freeze them. Don't do that to Grilka. Don't even hang on to Grilka. Don't keep Grilka. Throw Grilka away. Take the 550 honor. You'll be happier. Thank me. Later. Um, 
No, I'd say uh, I generally uh, agree with uh, kind of everybody, even though you oh, all what a disagree with each other a little bit. <laughs> no, no, hold on, hold on, hold on. You've all disagreed with each other a little bit, but I think you've all made good points, um, which uh, goes to you know the idea that uh, you know there there's no officially wrong way to uh, play this game. Uh, there are ways that may go against your own personal goals, so you may be doing things inefficiently for what you wish to achieve. However. There's no wrong way because there's no end game. There's just maybe one day the end. All right, I, I want to throw it back to the esteemed King Louis to put a bow on, on on this mega and giveaway crew. But first, a stat from the slightly less esteemed Captain Idol who pointed out uh, he charted this. Over the last six months, we have had 13 Command Epsi crew, eight Command Epsec, uh, all golds, I should mention. That averages out to just under one command dip suck gold per week so if you miss the boat on this one wait about six days check your watch there will be another one so you know my railing against add the star which is a very common low spending um, dogma uh, you know that's specifically for command dip whatever crew hi caitlin she's waving at us Uh, so yeah uh, king louis put a bow on this Uh, you know we're not taking shots at you just at command dip sec uh, but, you know, as someone who's been in the trenches with VIP Zero in and uh, week in, week out, you know, h- how much does that last star uh, add to your gameplay? Um, it does depend on uh, where you are on the journey. And uh, that's where we try to say, evaluate it. And I think uh, I, I'm not necessarily in the uh, every mega should be cited, period. Um, there are VIP Zeros that that accumulate enough sites through honor sales and through other sources that they've got them to spend. They've got 40 or 50 sites that they're sitting on. And if, if that's the case, why not throw one on? Uh, and that goes back to VIP zero. We look for strategic spending and uh, those, those easy four or five tend to be, even if they're a less desirable skill set, sometimes that's a strategic spend. There are some t- that we will sit on it four or five until they come in the portal and wait for them to come drop in a behold. So we're not stuck in that uh, mindset of, of automatically citing them either. Okay, I, I want to keep with you, Louis. Uh, let's talk now as we're moving into the, the, the mid, maybe the late game, early late game. Let's say we're getting now these four or five, uh, these four or five giveaway mega recurring crew. Let's jump back to retrieval because we all kind of gave our opinion, uh, and I'll get them again in a second. Now that we're in the mid to late game, where are you focusing your retrievals? I know Nifty said a lot about collections, and that sort of buoys the power of all of your crew in all aspects of the game. Uh, once you have these four or five crew flowing in, and you have to start making tough decisions. Where do you put your retrievals? Is there a specific area? Is it more skill set versus uh, game system like Voyages versus Gauntlet? How do you approach that? Uh, if if you've done your homework and, and already been uh, retrieving good Voyagers, uh, the next new best Voyager is only going to be a fraction stronger than who you've got. So there there's cases to be made for throwing those uh, re- retrievals at collections and getting those uh, those benefits from collections. Uh, I, I've seen VIP Zeros do both, uh, both focusing on the, especially this last round, we have been uh, retrieving a lot more Voyagers. This last uh, portal update had some really, really strong Voyagers. 
uh, come into play. And if you didn't get them in your events, you had to, we've got to go for them now. But uh, collections are starting to become a focus with some of our, our uh, more veteran players. Okay, let's do a little bit more roundtable here. Uh, again, in the perspective of a low-spending player, let's say you don't have a lot of 2535 uh, multi-fused copies of Golds laying around from all the packs you've opened, uh, and you're kind of low on options. Are you guys retrieving from star 1 to star 5? Are you still sticking with one or two stars of, of Gauntlet and Arena Crew? Are you looking at skill set or game system? Dan, kick us off. Uh, as we approach the mid and late game as a low spending player, uh, how are you retrieving crew? So if you are not spending to refresh your quantum, that retrieval is going to come at a rate of one per month. So you are only going to finish fully uh, to crew uh, a year. That's it. That's all you're going to get for free, quote free, from the quantum refresh. So you got to start looking at what's really going to get you the most bang for your buck at one star. And that's, as you mentioned, auto looking into other game systems. So my recommendation to the brand new player that's just starting out, if you've gotten yourself into a great fleet, maybe one of the VIP zero fleets, um, look to uh, retrieving tactical uh, Mako Mayweather and getting on the that fleet boss battle uh, train, getting those uh, drops. He is not only excellent for getting your skirmish online as well, so that you can uh, compete on the uh, the highest level of skirmishes once you get your constellation un unlocked. Uh, but you're also going to uh, just unlock the, the, the highest rewards you can get once you pair them with a couple of healers uh, and start uh, busting down those bosses. Um, I think going all in for maxed, fully fused five-star cards using only retrieval is going to be a little bit more difficult. So if I were to turn my attention towards Voyages, I would probably look at what I already have on the roster, what I was able to get from the few premium packs I got, maybe from community rewards during a, a Galaxy event or a hybrid event, um, and see what I can build off of already if I have a high enough tier card that, that is really worth building out. Um, and then it would just take me significantly less time to bring them up to max. Um, other good candidates for the very first star are, uh, again, we're going to circle back to really good gauntlet crew, because when you max out and you fully equip a gauntlet crew, their proficiencies are as strong as they will ever be. That means the dice rolls, the variability in their skills. So once you've uh, gotten just a single star crew up to level 100 fully equipped, um, they're already going to have a stronger power on voyages than almost any other uh, gold crew at their first single star. So again, uh, Fury Cast, excellent choice, um, and we, we talked earlier about Gary Seven. So, uh, and there are other options too that are retrievable that'll really do good things for you on voyages. So, those are my recommendations. Okay, Nifty Frank Genos, uh, mid to late game, low spending retrievals. Your answer must include the phrase "crunchy crons." Uh, Frank, go. Save your crons, skip galaxies, because about once a month they do a objective event called Crunchy Crons, where if you spend 10000 you basically get almost two full retrievals out of it. So as long as you are doing your ad warps and you're building up your credits over the time, you can really speed up your retrieval goals, but you still are limited with how many you're going to get. So use your retrievals to fill out the stars on really good crew that you have so you can advance through the new continuum missions, get better voyages, and just keep the train rolling. Crunchy. 
the, cr the crons are extremely crunchy during the crunchy crons or crispy crons event. Um, the good and bad news with that is that used to be about every three weeks they do it. Now that there's two more um, objective events that they've put into the rotation, now it's about every once every five weeks that we get that objective event. Um, so it's a little bit easier to keep up with the credits at this point. The good news and the bad news, though, is that now that continuum missions are out, you get 250 uh, quantum if you can get through elite. Um, as it's an extra thousand quantum every four weeks. So it kind of offsets that loss. So I'll harken back to make sure that you're keeping your credit stash up. Don't uh, replicate four or five star uh, equipment to finish your crew. Uh, don't spend your credit stupidly. Don't level, you know, level crew that you don't need to uh, outside potentially of, of skirmishes or when you need them for an event that you're going to rank in. Um, yeah, crunch crons, crispy crons. Uh, another thing I would add is uh, take advantage of the fact that uh, you can't cite a crew that you don't own. So if there is somebody you really like, that first star, even if it's not an impactful first star because they're a gauntlet crew, uh, you now have the ability that you didn't before to uh, cite them four times. Uh, and then boom, for whatever reason you want that crew immortalized, you now have them at your disposal. Crunchy crons, part of the complete breakfast. All right, now before we wrap up this week's podcast, um, a, more, a more serious uh, non-game related note here. Uh, Louie messaged me before we went live and, and, and wanted to talk about a memorial for a, a recently fallen player in his fleet. Uh, King Louie, talk to us a little bit about J.B. Sideburn. Uh, yes, J.B. Sideburn was one of our... Uh, was the last of our initial five founders of the VIP Zero fleets way back at the beginning. Um, he and his brother Lethifold uh, were very much instrumental in uh, making VIP Zero what it is today. Um, he uh, he did leave us uh, pretty young, uh, so it, it was fairly sudden. Um, kind of a bit of a shock to the fleet uh those of us that, that knew him personally uh over the years uh, he's wasn't he wasn't a, a look at me player he was not not one of the ones that was uh wanted to brag about his achievements but the things that he did achieve the things he did uh boots on the ground research for uh with us in building those strategies uh were really, really invaluable for, for us uh, as a group. And I know that a lot of other fleets uh, and a lot of players in the, across the game now uh, take a lot of these things uh, as this is how we do things. Uh, he was um, a big family man. He was very much about the connection, very much about his, his own family and very much about his fleet family. And um, after Lethifold left the fleet uh, due to family reasons, personal reasons, uh, he kept us, uh, JB kept us in the loop on, uh, on things, uh, made, made sure, let us know that, uh, that Leth was doing well. Uh, JB's parents, incidentally, were very, uh, very much uh, a big part of the beginning of uh, Star Trek conventions. They were actually a member of one of the founding uh, groups that did one of the very, very first uh, Star Trek conventions way back in the day, in the in the 60s and 70s. So, 
he's he grew up uh, very much steeped in Star Trek, very much a, a big Star Trek fan. So. That's a little bit about him. Um, a couple things I did want to throw out there, and I've mentioned it already a few, few times in context with gameplay, is that this journey, the game is a journey. It's not a destination. It shouldn't be all about uh, the next milestone you get, the next achievement you get. You got to pay attention to those you're sharing the journey with because none of us are promised tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, this podcast itself, believe it or not, we didn't start it because we like to talk about Command Ipsi crew. You know, uh, it's it, this, a lot of the other media we do, I mean, the site itself, the resource is kind of secondary. It's an excuse for folks to get together, spend time together, like-minded uh, people. Uh, you know, Nifty, who's on this pod, I got together with uh, he and his girlfriend just a couple months ago, had some fantastic, well, some some average Mexican food and a couple drinks, and it was a lot of fun. And, you know, we've done other projects uh, sort of tangentially related to the game uh, or Star Trek where, you know, I told this story once before, but, you know, back in, what was it, fourth grade, one of my buddies, I said, you know, we're just standing in our lockers. I said, hey, you want to be my friend? He said, yeah, let's be friends. And then, you know, we were friends. And sometimes it is that simple. When you have people, like-minded people who enjoy the same things, sometimes you just want someone to spend time with, hang out with. And this game actually does give us a great opportunity for that. And, you know, I could share stories about everyone who's on this pod, everyone who I've done uh, media with, you know, in our Discord and whatnot. Sometimes, you know, you just want the excuse to hang out with people, and, and that's great. And so, you know, this game definitely gives us that. JB and his brother Leth uh, and a player named Lock and Load, they were the, the original players of that free-to-play league. Uh, and f forever I am left with this impression uh, that he gave me that is still a joke to this day that I will just keep going in his memory. Uh, back in the early day, everybody would scoff at these players who would not spend money. They would, you know, because the early, early game, the Wild Wild West, people were spending money stupidly to get another copy of Captain Janeway at level or to 60 because that's the best that you could do. And there was this little amalgamation of players that said, no, we're not spending. We're VIP zero. We might only have 25 crew slots, but we'll figure it out. We'll be okay. And, uh, you know, the forums, the original forums, people showed their detest. And JB and his brother said, yeah, that's right. We're parasites. Just call us parasites. So forever from that, the VIP zero players self-identified. They said, hi, we're the parasites. <laughs> and it was like, oh, and a VIP zero never do anything. Eight different VIP zero players have won events in the history of this game that has had over 400 events. Eight of them are zero spenders. I watched Stellar Ice win one of them uh, after she hadn't slept in two days. And she was just, with Warp 1, tapping her phone till her finger was falling off in a Galaxy event, leveling and shaking because she hasn't slept. She wins the event, looks at all of us and smiles and says, I'm going to go to bed, and left and went to bed. That was that was the end of it. Uh, so the, the entire VIP Zero contingent... Uh, the the no spin players the parasites uh have really i think left a good mark on this game and its community and its culture because they have bonded over something that a lot of other players don't bond over and that's the ability to play the game 
I say smartly and intelligently without spending and everybody else just bonds over Star Trek and uh, they have a great community that I have been in before uh, before I retired that account or decided to accidentally buy a pack oops and I have nothing but nice things to say about all of them well most of them some of them three of them just Louie <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll echo that. Um, you know, the first time I decided to, to do an alt, I decided it would be a VIP zero just to see how uh, the other half lived. And, uh, you know, Stellar was kind enough to invite me into the fleet. And I asked lots of questions about how do I play this game w- without any bill and without all these crew slots and without buying packs and without all the stuff that I'm used to having. And they were very kind to... Uh, answer those questions and explain and got me up to speed and um, explained why they, they changed uh, squadrons every every faction event which didn't make sense to me for the longest time and um, you know I'm, I'm thankful for, for, for what they do for uh, you know for the community and that they they moderate the, the timeline server I think there's uh, four VIP zero players who are mods and uh, it is a thankless job because they they protect us from uh, the people that need to be moderated, and only eighty three percent of them are me. Well, that's the price of not spending in the game is they have to do the dirty work. Yeah, okay. you have all you all have said uh, some real beautiful things, and I just want to point out that the Big Book Podcast is a family, and VIP Zero is a family. I'm glad that our families have met. We're richer for the journey. Best wishes to yours and. Um, if there is anything that you can share as far as a memorial that has been set in JB Sideburn's honor, please share with us and we'll be happy to share with our family. Oh, no, yeah, just everyone else has already said some great things. Just, you know, thank you. Thank you for sharing that story. Um, you know, there's there's lots of players, uh, people involved in the community. Um, you know, some everyone's heard of, some only some people have heard of. But it doesn't matter who, uh, how many people have, have heard of them. You know, they're all, we're all just, uh, we're, we're fans of, of the game, of the franchise, of nerdy things. Uh, and you know, I'm sure most of us would have quit a long time ago if we didn't meet others um, like this group, like uh, JB, whoever, um, where, yeah, it, the, the people you meet just uh, help make it a, a better experience. Denjvin, Nifty, Frank, Janos, thank you for joining me. King Louie, thank you for coming on, teaching us all how to pinch a penny and excel in the game. To J.B. Sideburn, everyone affected by his passing, we at the Big Book say to you, second star to the right and straight on to morning. Thanks for listening.